This is the Tuesday, June 8th edition of the Daily Wager podcast. Full slate of NBA playoff action with two games, one in each conference. And we'll get you in and out with a little baseball as well. Welcome to the Daily Wager podcast presented by DraftKings, America's top-rated daily fantasy app. I'm Doug Kazarian alongside Joe Fortenbaugh. So, Joe, we didn't exactly hit it out of the park with uh, yesterday's playoff games, but I am interested, really interested in tonight's game, just in terms of how Philly responds to being down 0-1, in the top overall seed in the Eastern Conference, and then just how the Clippers bounce back as, you know, coming off a of Game 7 win. You know this as well as anybody when it comes to gambling. They're the games that you love. You feel like you have the bigger edge, so you make a, a more sizable wager. And then there are games where you might have a little bit of a gamble involved. Maybe you're playing a hunch. Maybe you see an edge, but it's not a gigantic edge. And that's what I'm, I've got going on right now with um, this Philadelphia and Atlanta game. A- Atlanta has been incredible in the first half of these games during the postseason. And, and we were riding this against the Knicks. They're now 6-0 and straight up, 6-0 and against the spread in the first half. They have fired from the gate extraordinarily well. I'm betting against that tonight. In fact, I'm betting against it in the first quarter. I'm going to lay the two with the Sixers. Philly did not look ready for the Hawks. They looked like a team that had beaten the Wizards, and then they got fat and happy because they've never had any success, and that's what they deem success, beating an average Wizards team, so now everyone should bow down. They showed up. They were soft. They were sloppy. They got punched in the mouth, and it was too little too late when they tried to rally. I think we get a much better effort tonight. When you go back through and look at what happened in game one, 19 turnovers. That was tied for 10th most of 78 games played this season. Atlanta was bombing threes from deep. Atlanta was fantastic from deep. But Philly's a top 10 three-point defense, and they had nothing there. I think Doc's going to make the adjustments. I think Philly's going to come out with more purpose, more focus, more more determination. And I think they jump on Atlanta early. And I like the first quarter over the first half because the Hawks have been really good in the second quarter throughout the duration of the playoffs. Good in the first quarter as well, but the Knicks did get them a couple times in the first quarter. So I'll take Philly minus two first quarter over the Hawks tonight. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I, I said it the other day. As I just The Sixers look disjointed with the uncertainty surrounding Embiid. I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. Hawks have been wonderful. They're not the same team that played the entire season. Obviously much healthier, different coach the latter half. Uh, I really like this Hawks team, but I just have to think Philly starts strong. I'm actually on the first half. I want to give myself a little bit more buffer. Uh-huh. I, also, I also just think they're going to change up their defensive plan. Danny Green's a solid defender, all things considered, but I don't think he should be the guy guarding Trey Young. And then especially when they go high pick and roll and bring Embiid all the way out um, to the basket, I think they should go under the high screen when it's that far above the three-point line, right? It's like that should be your line of demarcation. So I think they're going to put Simmons on there. They may even bring uh, Tybalt, um um, off the bench earlier than expected. So I think they're going to mix some things up, but I think they're going to play a lot harder to your point and what we saw in the fourth quarter. Now, you know, obviously Atlanta took their foot off the gas, but I just think you have to expect the one seed to have more aggression, initiate more contact, maybe get to the free throw line a little bit more. So I do like the first half and to go from there. Um, I also like a prop of Simmons under seven and a half rebounds. He had four the other night. And some of it is just the bigs of Atlanta being on the court, whether it be Capella and some of the other guys. And I think if Simmons is switched onto Trey Young, he'll be playing off away, farther away from the basket. I just don't think eight rebounds when he hasn't reached. So the other two regular season meetings, he had less than seven and a half as well. Now they were blowouts, 
So the minutes count wasn't there, but this could be a blowout too. This could be just like a get right game for Philly. But anyways, I'm going to play under seven half rebounds plus Oh five on that. Yeah. Remember something in the one game Atlanta lost in the previous series, it was game two on the road. They beat the Knicks in game one, they lost game two, and then they seized control by winning three, four and five, which was once again on the road at the garden. So maybe it's one of those, Hey, we did what we needed to do. Philly comes out desperate. Atlanta may be a little complacent. Philly takes advantage. I place right into your theory on going under with Ben Simmons in the rebounds. Yeah. I mean, you hear the teams have an objective of getting one game. That's what Portland did in Denver got blown out in game two. And obviously Atlanta played well the first half, but then crumbled to your point in the second half with the Knicks. Okay. Clippers, Utah. This is interesting because we have a uh, situation with questionable Mike Conley, and you know, it wouldn't be a playoff series this year in 2021 without an injured, uh, you know, all star, so to speak. Right. <laughs> so I like Utah out of the gates first quarter. A couple things: altitude. Uh, when these players have to play in altitude and they go to full speed, it's not like they didn't have practice or anything like that. But when it's full speed game, it it hurts and burns early. So I like Utah first quarter, and also just you know the game seven flatness and Clippers made the beautiful adjustments against Dallas Tyron Lutz mixing up his lineup before game three and then also later in the series but let's not assume that they have the optimal lineup for the series opener here out of the gates so I do like Utah I think they're still kind of playing with a chip on their shoulder even though the number one overall seed in the NBA playoffs so I'll take the Jazz in the first quarter here yeah we're doing a little role reversal here because I'll take the Jazz for the first half I also a little bit like the Jazz minus four for the game I'll be playing that as well here uh you know we've been talking about this on the pod so it's broken record syndrome but ultimately the jazz have just been an incredible first half team number one in the nba during the regular season in first half scoring differential and first half scoring differential at home which now when you factor in the playoffs is north of eight north of eight all home games regular season plus post outscoring the opposition by eight points per game in the first half so you've got that factor they also following game one which they lost the first half to the Grizzlies, went on to smoke the Grizzlies in games two through five in the first half by 15 points per game. That was because, in large part, to the return of Donovan Mitchell. The Clippers did a really nice job winning four of five to close out the Mavericks. But one thing I can't get over is the fact that, A, Kawhi Leonard shot 60% from the field in that series. Like, that speaks volumes as to how good he is, but also as to how lousy the Dallas defense was, number one. And number two, again, this Clippers team needed seven games to get past the Dallas squad. That's really a one-man act. Outside of Doncic, who is absolutely incredible, that team didn't bring a whole lot to the table. You know, they were barely top 20, I believe, in defensive rating this year. Free throws, three-pointers, all types of stuff. They didn't stand out. They have one elite player who carried them all season long, and it still took the Clippers seven games to get past them. This is a very different situation going against a, a Utah team that's very well balanced offensively and defensively, can knock down threes, can defend threes. I think, like you said, it's going to take some time for the Clippers to adjust getting into this series. You know, Denver, like we saw last night, they kind of jumped in early and then they couldn't handle it in the second half once the Suns made their adjustments. I think the Jazz will jump on the Clippers early tonight in the first half, so I'm laying the couple points there. I'll also lay the four for the game. I do think they cover. Okay, that's good. Um, I'm, I'm with you there. Like, I, I trust this Jazz team. How worried are you about Conley's uh, hammy? Obviously a concern because he's, he provides incredible depth, his defense, his veteran presence, like everything across the board. And with the way Utah's clicking, the last thing you want to have happen right now is any sort of disturbance. I mean, once Mitchell came back in game one, they were a freight train the rest of the playoffs. So it's absolutely a concern, something to monitor throughout the course of the day. It does affect the bets. 
you know, if he, if, if we didn't have to worry about any injuries whatsoever here, these are probably more sizable bets than they are at the current moment. Uh, understandable. So maybe closer to tip off. If we get some good Conley news, you can pounce on that um, in that situation. Okay. A uh, little baseball for you. I like the white Sox. They're a lefty facing a lefty. That's pretty obvious. You, you've heard that obviously a bunch. On, Auto on play. The, on the, yeah. It's kind of thing. And I also think um, Rodon is awesome. So uh, that, and I also like Cleveland. I'm just going to fade uh, Carlos Martinez, although it's getting up there in price. It's like 160, but I do believe in Bieber. I like where you're at there. I'm going to play the Astros minus 118 over the Red Sox. Martin Perez is coming out for Boston. Uh, he pitches a little bit better on the road than he does at home. Uh, but on the flip side, the key here is Houston. They absolutely massacre left-handed pitching. First in home runs, first in weighted runs created, third in weighted on base average against lefties this year. Big edge for the Astros. They're going to turn to Framber Valdez, who's only made two starts this year, but he's only allowed two runs in the 11 innings he's pitched. He's been fantastic. The Red Sox are about league average against left-handed pitching. Numbers moving towards Houston for a reason. I'm going to play with the Astros. If you want another one I'd be keeping an eye on, Giants-Rangers over eight and a half runs. The Giants hit right-handed pitching really well. They're going to face Jordan Lyles, who has an ERA just south of six. The key here, though, is Alex Wood, who's going to be pitching for the Giants. Wood was, was running really hot throughout most of the season. And then the last two starts, he stumbled. 11 earned runs over his last nine and two-thirds innings pitch. So I'm wondering, has he been figured out? Is he about to go through a down spot? That's kind of the key to this. I'm betting against Alex Wood. I think the Giants get theirs, which is why I'm not taking the Rangers for the game. But I want to play the over eight and a half because I think Wood gets touched up at least a little bit enough to get us to nine runs. So over eight and a half Giants Rangers as well as the Astros minus 118 over the Red Sox. All right, a little bonus play WNBA. I got to take the Mercury. A little bit of yes. revenge spot for the wings, but I'm not buying it. I got the Mercury minus the short number of two uh, at home. Beautiful. I, I just think they're weather they've weathered the storm without Tarasi because Skylar Diggins is that good. All right, so that's going to do it for today. Ten minutes of the bets you need, as promised. Please do us a favor. Don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. Helps us out with the analytics. And we'll see a daily wager, 6 Eastern, on ESPN2 later today. Joe, wear something nice. <laughs> you got it, buddy. Oh.